Exodus chapter 7. We're about to get into the good stuff. I've been, I've been, I'm, I'm ready for us to get into these plagues. It's supposed to get serious into, into Exodus. Well, I say good stuff, uh, but... But we're fisting to kind of shift gears a little bit from kind of the things that we've talking, talked about. We're fisting to get to some pretty intense stuff. Let me rephrase that. But uh, we're going uh, to read just the first few verses uh, of chapter 7 tonight. Uh, we're going to go all the way through verse 13. And then we'll, uh, Lord willing, we'll start next week uh, with the plagues that God is going to uh, bring about on, uh, on Egypt. Uh, so what we saw last week was, uh, in the last few weeks at least, as Moses and Aaron had gone before uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh did not want to let the people go. Instead, he made their workload harder, uh, and God told him to go back before Pharaoh. Uh, Moses was not very excited uh, to go back before Pharaoh. Uh, the people were not very excited to go back before for Moses and Aaron to go back before Pharaoh. They had uh, seemingly kind of lost heart. They had lost a little hope. But now God is telling the people that he is about to make everything right. He's given Pharaoh an opportunity and a chance to let the people go. Pharaoh has decided not to let the people go. And so as a result of that, um, God is about to bring some plagues and some judgments on the nation of Israel. And that's what we're going to see uh, leading up into next, next week. But uh, we're kind of uh, making that transition as Moses had used the excuse again. Uh, some translations would say he was a man of uncircumcised lips and uh, some would say he had a heavy tongue. Uh, some would say he's a poor speaker. Uh, but Moses wasn't looking forward to it. But we see here that Moses and Aaron did go back before Pharaoh and things are about to pick up here in the next uh, few verses in the next few chapters. So let's pray and then we'll read. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these words that we have and I pray that you would help us to see your power uh, tonight and in the weeks to come, dear Lord. We are going to see your power in a mighty way, God. So help us to to understand the significance of that, to understand the significance of what you're doing for your people, to understand the significance of judgment that's happening to those who are opposed you, dear Lord. And so help the Holy Spirit just to speak to us tonight. Help us to uh, be able to seek you and to not lose hope, dear Lord. Maybe we're going through some times where we are like the Israelites or we are like Moses and we know what you promised, dear Lord. We know you love us. You know that you said you're going to take care of us, but maybe we're just not seeing how that's going to work out, dear Lord. Maybe our faith's not what it should be. So help our faith to strengthen. Help us to be able to follow through and to trust you and be ready for whatever journey you want to put us on in our life. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 7, verse 1. The Lord answered Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, will be your prophet. You must say whatever I command you. Then Aaron, your brother, must declare it to the Pharaoh, excuse me, to Pharaoh, so that he will let the Israelites go from his hand. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Now, those first few verses there are not so different than anything that we've really read from this point so far. This is kind of a little bit of repetition of what's going to happen. God had already told Moses that he was going to send uh, his brother Aaron with him. He had already told him that Pharaoh's heart was going to be hardened. And so this is just kind of a, a repeating really exactly everything that's going on to this point. But here Moses and Aaron are going to... 
again to Pharaoh, and God says that he is going to multiply his signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Now, I think that that was probably twofold. One, it was going to bring judgment, and Pharaoh and the Israelites were going to see the power of God. But two, so were the Israelites. The Israelites were going to get to see firsthand. They were going to get to experience the power of God. And then these plagues that we are going to see in the weeks to come, we are going to see God's power full force. These are going to be some of the greatest signs and wonders that we see coming up in these plagues in the Old Testament here in the next few chapters. Pharaoh will not listen to you, but I will put my hand on Egypt and bring the divisions of my people, the Israelites, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. Again, God is just reiterating what's going to happen. Pharaoh's not going to want to let the people go, but God is reminding uh, Moses, he's reminding the Israelite people that it's by his strong hand that the Egyptians, that Pharaoh will let his people go. That God's division of people, that the Israelites will be delivered from the land. And not only will they be delivered, but Egypt will be judged in the process. The Egyptians will know that I am Yahweh when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the Israelites from among them. Now, if you remember Pharaoh, whenever Moses first went to him and said, Look, Yahweh, uh, I come on behalf of Yahweh. You need to let the people go. And what did Pharaoh say? He said, Who's Yahweh? I don't know a Yahweh. And he didn't care to know Yahweh. But God reminds Moses and Aaron, uh, and soon Pharaoh will be reminded. Well, he won't be reminded. He'll know. If he says he didn't know God, if he didn't know Yahweh, he is about to know who God is. And it's going to be undeniable who God is when he experiences what's going to come on the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did this. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. So they weren't super young men at this time. Uh, Moses was about 40 when he left Egypt. He was gone for about 40 years and now he has returned to Egypt. He is 80 years old and all of these things that we're going to see happen uh, during these next few chapters are going to happen uh, relatively close to uh, this time that we see this taking place. And so uh, the Bible here tells us how old Moses is and how old uh, Aaron is when they go to speak to Pharaoh. Verse 8, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When Pharaoh tells you, perform a miracle, tell Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh. It will become a serpent. Now, God had already told uh, Moses to do this. Some chapters back we saw that. And now uh, Pharaoh is about to ask for a miracle to be performed. And God is about to perform what I think is, well, let me, re I was going to say what I think is a pretty cool miracle. But all miracles are pretty cool. When you see God do something like this, he's going to take a rod, he's going to take a staff, and he's going to turn it into a snake. That's pretty cool stuff right there. Alright, verse 10. So Moses and Aaron went in to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord had commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials and it became a serpent. Now, you would think that all of the people there would be in awe, and I'm sure that many of them, if not all of them, were in awe. They just saw a stick turn into a snake. But let's see what happens after this. But then Pharaoh called the wise men and sorcerers, the magicians of Egypt, and they also did the same thing by their occult practices. So Pharaoh had these uh, sorcerers that served uh, him, and guess what? They were able to do the same thing. Now, how did they do that? Was it, were they magicians? Did they just do sleight of hand? 
Was it some, some demonic spirit that allowed them to do this uh, seemingly the same miracle that Moses did? I don't know the answer to that. I know that, that people can do some pretty crazy stuff. I don't know if you ever watched America's Got Talent, but those magicians on there can make you do stuff and you say that's not possible. So might it have been possible for uh, the people of Pharaoh to have just been good magicians and somehow have, have caused that to happen? Absolutely. Could it have been some kind of demonic spirit that they were uh, in their occult practices that gave them the ability to do this absolutely but however it was done at least in the eyes of Pharaoh it appeared to be uh, the same type of thing uh, that is kind of saying well what your God did is not that 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 important look at my sorcerers and my magicians they were able to do the same thing and then God did one of the coolest things that I think we're going to see in this passage so this is what happened so they threw the stick down uh, uh, Aaron and Moses threw the stick down, turned into a snake. Pharaoh's men threw their sticks down, turned into snakes, and let's see what happened. Verse 12, each one threw down his staff and it became a serpent, but Aaron's staff swallowed their staffs. So God says, all right, you think you can do the same thing? Well, let me show you this. And all of a sudden, the serpent that God had made, bam, ate the other, ate the other serpents. That's like an ultimate mic drop. You know how when somebody does something really cool and like there's no response and somebody thinks they did good, I'm going to show you what's up now, and then all of a sudden they do something that's like, oh, I ain't got nothing to say. It's mic drop. This was like God's ultimate mic drop moment. He took his serpent that was made from his rod and it ate the other serpents. And God wasn't playing. You see the power of God. No matter what Pharaoh thought he could duplicate, no matter how close he thought he may could come to what God could do, God was always going to overpower him. God's ways were always going to overpower the ways of the Egyptians. And God was always going to come out on top. And guess what? God has not changed. The same is true for our life. No matter what the enemy may throw at us, no matter what may come our way, guess what? Our God, Yahweh, is always going to come out on top. The best that the enemy can throw at us, even though it may be deceptive and may look just as good, God's way is always better. God's way is always going to come out on top. Verse 13, However, Pharaoh's heart hardened, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Pharaoh had had plenty of opportunities at this point. God had given Pharaoh opportunity after opportunity to let the people go, but Pharaoh refused to listen. Now, I don't think that we can accuse God of being an impatient God. I think we see God's patient and we see God's long-suffering with people throughout the Old Testament. We see that many times with God's people Israel. We see that time and again as He sends the prophets to His people to try to get them to turn from their evil ways, to try to get them to follow Him, to try to get them to be obedient to Him. And time and time again, we see them reject Him. We see them reject His prophets. We see them reject His Word. And God is very patient, even with Pharaoh. Now, He, he gave Him a couple of opportunities here. And even after seeing the miracle even after seeing the staff turned into a serpent that was still not enough not so different from Jesus's day those people they had seen miracle after miracle after miracle but guess what that was still not enough they still told Jesus on the cross if you are the son of God come down from there they still wanted to see another miracle and, 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 and that's it for some people. They say, well, if I, seeing is believing, but ultimately they're not going to believe because they're not seeking in faith because faith is why we believe. I don't believe in Jesus Christ because I've seen a rod turn into a serpent. I don't believe in Jesus Christ because He's coming and sit down in front of me. I believe in Jesus Christ because what God's Word says, and I have faith in that. 
And so I don't need to see a miracle. I have God's Word, and I believe what God's Word says, and I believe that having this is a miracle in and of itself, that we have God's Word to shed light into our life. But Pharaoh was not going to believe, I don't believe. Any miracle that could have been done, I don't think would have made Pharaoh believe. And his heart would harden, and he had had every opportunity to turn. He had had every opportunity to seek the Lord. But instead of seeking the Lord and letting the people go, he is about to experience God in a mighty way. And we're about to see God's power over these next few weeks as he pours these plagues out on Egypt in a very mighty way. And as we, as we see these, we need to be reminded that the same God that poured these plagues out, the all-powerful God that did this for his children and to bring judgment on those who oppressed them then is the same God that we serve today. The same wrath that the Egyptians were experiencing, the same power that the Israelites were being uh, were able to see is the same uh, wrathful God that we have today and the same powerful God that we have today. And we need to be reminded of God's power. We need to be reminded of God's deliverance. And we're going to see that firsthand in these verses coming up. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you tonight and we thank you for, for being, being a cool God. Dear Lord, the fact that you let your serpent eat the other serpents, that's just cool to me, dear Lord. That's just, you're just a, a powerful God, dear Lord, that, that reminds us of just how powerful and cool you are and the littlest little ways and the littlest things. And God, and we see that you're patient. We know that you are patient with Pharaoh. And uh, God, we know that you're patient with us. But dear Lord, let us not try your patience. Uh, God, maybe there is something that you've been patient with us for and we've uh, not turned from something we should or not done something we should, dear Lord God. So help us to appreciate your patience and mercy, but God, help us never to take that uh, for granted. And so God, I pray that as we prepare in these next few weeks to see your power, God, that we as Christians, we, we get that, that we experience that, that we don't forget that you're watching over us, that you want to deliver us from whatever may be oppressing us in our life. Maybe it's a situation, maybe it's a sin, dear Lord, but you desire to free us from that, God. You desire to show us your power. So God, help us to experience that. Help us to seek you. Help us to turn to you. Help us to trust you. Maybe there are some of us who are like some of the Israelites that are kind of on the fence, and we kind of wonder, uh, well, can you really help us? Are you going to really help us, dear Lord? But uh, just as they were kind of on the fence, God, and you showed your power uh, in their life so that they would turn to you and seek you, God, work some wonders in our life. Reveal yourself to us in our life, dear Lord. Uh, maybe it won't be by a plague or some uh, great power like that, but God, in some way, shape, or form, let us see your wonders. Let us see your power uh, that's going to get us excited about you. God, let us read your word. Let us be reminded about what your word says so that we would be uh, ready to serve you and ready to be delivered from whatever situation that may have us down in this life. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.